0: Hey there, welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Ben Olson, that's Nathan Fox. Together we're the founders of LSATDemon.com and our weekly podcast, Thinking LSAT. This
1: email is from Dan. Nathan and Ben, I recently discovered the demon and have been enjoying all facets of it immensely in addition to watching some of the Demon Daily videos, which raised a question for me that I think others might benefit from hearing answered. I will be using my post-GI 911 bill benefits from my time in the military to cover law school tuition. Because the GI Bill will cover 100% of the tuition at public institutions, naturally scholarship money is not as much a concern for me, barring acceptance to a private school that does not participate in the Yellow Ribbon Program, which outlines private schools' policies on matching the amount of tuition paid by the government on your behalf, etc. Okay. I will hopefully be applying as a splitter with a 3.0 GPA from my degree-granting institution And an accumulative undergraduate GPA of about 3.3. I want to stop there. The only thing that's going to matter is your LSAC GPA. So you're going to want to upload all your transcripts to LSAC and see what they tell you your UGPA is. All of your undergraduate classes that you ever took up to the moment where you were granted a degree That's where they're going to calculate your UGPUF from. So if you took classes after you graduated, those don't count. If you took classes before you graduated, then those will count. So maybe you're a 3.3. We don't know. Yep. I have a reported LSAT flex score. Remember when we used to have the LSAT flex? Yeah. That's not a thing anymore. It's just the LSAT. So I have reported LSAT score of 149 from 2020. Mm. and we will be taking the test in April with a goal of 170 now that I am more seriously studying. My strategy is to leverage the fact that if I get into one of my reach schools, for example, UC Irvine, but I'm offered no money, I can still attend free of charge because of my GI bill, yellow ribbon, whatever. This should allow me to more safely apply to some higher ranking schools With my 3.3 with the expectation that I get into some of them and not have to worry about loans. Yes. Do you see any flaws in this strategy? What do you think, Ben? As,
0: As long as you get in and you have the GI bill, then you can go for free and not pay for law school. I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to get the best LSAT score you can get and then applying broadly. The worst thing that can happen to you is that these schools say no. And if any public schools say yes, then great. There you go. You can go for free, even if they don't offer you a scholarship.
1: Potentially, you're wasting your GI Bill benefits that you could use on a family member. I know that that's not the case for many people, but for for some people, they can use their GI Bill money on a spouse or kids or whatever. And if that's the case, then, you know, you might want to think about it like, hey, maybe I really should just focus on getting a tuition scholarship from law schools. The fact is law schools are willing to just not charge you If you're going to like raise the prestige of their school and a 3.0170 might raise the prestige of a UC Irvine. I haven't looked at their 509 recently, but maybe that's a scholarship number at UC Irvine. If that's the case, then you definitely would want that scholarship instead of, you know, using your GI benefits.
0: Yeah. One thing to keep in mind too, is when you get into a school, that's great if you can use your GI benefits and go for free, but If you have to use your GI benefits, that means you're likely in the bottom half of the class. So you're you're less likely to do well at that institution as opposed to one in which you got in with a full ride. And so, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but just keep in mind, you have a little bit more of a battle to fight once you
1: get into school. There is big value, I think, in being a big fish in a small pond. The schools have limited resources. They have limited like You know, they have premier opportunities for their students that they're going to talk about endlessly on their websites or in their glossy brochures. Or when you do a campus visit, they're going to pump up all of these like, you know, top level opportunities at that school. But what you have to recognize is that those top level opportunities at that school are only available to the people who really do well at that school so, yeah, take that scholarship and give yourself a better chance of getting all of the really good stuff at that school. I like that plan a lot better than sneak into a school, use your GI bill benefits to pay for it. But then now maybe don't do as well at that school. Maybe you don't you know, like you're not a star there. I mean, you want like the professors to know your name. Right You, you want, want to be the, in the
0: top 10 percent, so you can benefit from OCI and all yeah. these other things that really serve the top echelon of the class.
1: Yep. The remainder of my background includes working closely with a corporate attorney as a certified paralegal in litigation for two years after college before the military. So I'm very familiar with what civil practice looks and feels like, i.e., the arduous lifestyle I am getting myself into. I am also aware that this will matter little in the admissions process. Sad face. You know, I guess I would want to say it it will matter on the margins. Like, you're probably going to write a pretty compelling personal statement. I don't know if you're going to write about this or if you're going to write about the military stuff or maybe you're going to write about both. But like your resume and your personal statement here are going to indicate that you're capable of success in this field. And that, you know, it's not nothing. It's not nothing.
0: It, it's not a lot. And I'm glad no. that you recognize that. And we don't want people going out of their way to do this. That said, I do think the bigger benefit is that you worked in this environment for two years and you weren't deterred from it.
1: You still want to do it. Yeah. It goes <laughs> that's, back to our mouse that's one, a mouse win. two discussion yeah. that we were having on the Thinking LSAT podcast. It's like, wow, you were already there trying to churn that cream for two years and you still want to do more of it, that's a pretty good sign that you're the mouse number two that's going to be successful. Uh, go to thinking else if you want to listen to a 20 minute discussion about that metaphor. In daily videos, you both often caution subscribers against attending law school when it does not fit their lifestyle or personality and tend to warn some like me that write in with woes of low marks and high hopes of the difficult journey ahead. I didn't, work nearly as hard as I could have in college, but since then have developed my work ethics substantially. That said, do you think I stand a fighting chance? Thanks for taking the time respectfully, Dan. You know, Dan, the only thing we have for you right now, I think, I mean, it looks like you're a 3.3 with a 149. That's what you got right now. Yep. That's like a not going to happen. That's not great, but...
0: Look, I think you already know the answer to this question, Dan. If you think you've developed your work ethics substantially, then you know that you're capable of working. And that itself (laughs) leads to more work, right? People who believe that they can work hard because they've seen themselves work hard are more likely to also then end up working hard. We won't know until you actually start putting in the work and seeing your practice test scores, but I don't see why you shouldn't try. You believe that you can do it. You've seen yourself work hard in other situations. Great. Do it.
1: You have an excellent opportunity here, Dan, to demonstrate this work ethic via the law school admission test. I don't like it that you're anchored on the April test. You said, I will be taking the test in April. Why? I would prefer that you instead have a strategy of I'm going to take practice tests and learn as much as i can from those practice tests until i get to a score that's going to get me to the school i want to go to and if that magic number for you is 170 fine we do see people make improvements from 149 to 170 all the time like that's these days that's not even a like that, uh, that's not surprising i think it used to would have been how huh, ben like 5 yeah. years ago 10 years ago in classroom 149 to 170. Holy shit. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, 149 and you're going to, and you're going to start prepping. Yeah. Like I'm hoping I can get you to 170. Yeah. So, but I think that's going to answer like, you're going to answer your own question yourself there, Dan, which, you know, is that 170 real or is it not? I know that you are more seriously studying and I know that people do make that leap. So now it's just entirely on you to make it make it happen like do it so (laughs) i would love to speculate about your chances if you make it to 170 like if you make it to 170 you're going to get lots of great offers Um, and i will speculate on your chances if you don't make it past 150 (laughs) you know then you're not going to have a bunch of amazing offers yeah somewhere in between is an outcome that is somewhere in between so It's 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 just it really is. I I want people to think about the LSAT as an opportunity. All those good things that you want the law school to believe you are. Hard working, dedicated, focused, serious, know what you're getting yourself into, you know, all those things, right? Oh, rise and shine I hard at work every single day, no days off, (laughs) all that bullshit that people like to say, well, okay, good. Do all that and your LSAT is going to show it. And then you no it's longer have to make the case. It's because you can't fake it.
0: You can't fake a right. good LSAT score.
1: Right. It's impossible to guess your way to a 170. I mean, like, you're, the only way to get a 170 is to actually understand that shit. And it could be from raw talent or, you know, all the books you read when you were a kid. It could also be because you worked your ass off to learn how to do the law school admission test. Either way, the schools will be interested. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we
0: have a prodigy or we have a hardworking <laughs> attorney.
1: Either yep. way, great for our team. Great yep. win. I mean, yeah, the 170 makes our school look good. Yeah, it's kind of as simple as that.
0: Thanks, Dan. Email daily at LSADemon.com if you'd like to ask us a question or share some LSAT or law school admissions news. Thanks for listening.